0: Welcome to the Living Jewishly Podcast. I'm Dr. Elliot Nalleman. And I'm Rabbi Yossi Saperman. We talk about Judaism, and we talk about living, and we talk about everything in between. Judaism is not nearly as boring as I thought it was, now that I talk to Elliot regularly. We're not selling you on Judaism, we're not selling you on living, we're just trying to get you inside of our brains, the way we think about stuff.
1: By getting you into our Jewish brain, you'll argue a lot, you'll disagree, you'll love, you'll eat you will have a really good time. You'll learn a lot of things. And
0: you know what? You might actually find that all those 3,000 years have been worth it. So, looking back, I remember when my kids were young and Purim came along. So, you dress them up. And when they're really little, you know, the costumes got more innovative as we got older. But when they're really little, they have the classic costumes, you know, Mordechai, Esther. And the aura here is of a beauty pageant. The aura here is of this very innocent sort of charming, funny situation. And Then when you read the language of the Megillah, it's actually so much more horrifying, right? And the key verb, which you and I have talked about before, the key verb in relationship to Esther is vitilakach, right? In the form of the verb in which you are taken. She is taken, just like the movie with Liam Neeson, right? She's kidnapped. And actually like the movie with Liam Neeson, she's kidnapped to be a sex slave. Which everybody in the kingdom is taken. All women are taken, basically, at the whim of the king to be part of the harem to be used, discarded. There's even a discard pile, right? There's two harems, as the text uh, illuminates, right? There's the people yet to be uh, having relations with the king, and the people who have already had it. The women have already had, and they've been discarded, right? So I realize that this is a story. It's not a beauty pattern. It's it's sex trade, just like you have in various countries around the world where people are sold. A sex slave. So you have this situation where massive loss of autonomy, kingdom-wide, for all women. So, uh, when I read the the Megillah story, just like you, there's many, many layers to
1: it. You can read it in a kid's version, which is still not so great. And you can also read it where people try to layer deep religious meaning. mean It's the only major book of the Bible that doesn't have God's name or God's intervention. It's all human intervention when you read it closely the major event that happens is not the Jews it's the women it's that the king's wife Vashti who had her own palace she made her own party she had her own friends she didn't need the king she lived her own life except when they obviously wanted to be together he demanded she come we don't even know what to come for what just to come she refused. He had her executed. That wasn't enough. He then announced to all 127 provinces by fast runners and horses that this should prove that every man be in charge of his home and the women are utterly subservient to men. If we think about that, this was a, an institutionalized massacre of women's rights. Whatever rights they had achieved, this was the ultimate reversal of down to a woman has no right anymore, and he doubles down by proving the point. How do you prove the point? Every virgin belongs to the king. This is an old story of how to subjugate a population. He brings all the girls in, and as you said, sleeps with them once, likes them, great. You don't come back unless he calls you by name. you got to make an impression on this dude. Otherwise, you're just just a vagina. You want to be known, you got to make an impression. Somehow, Esther makes an impression this is after this woman was she was stolen she was taken like an object ripped out of her her home esther has no special authority she has no special anything but she has charm and somehow she manages to get into his brain he asks for her again he really likes this girl is that a crack in the armor of she's just a sex object It's not easy to know what really goes on there. Maybe she was just the most beautiful. Maybe she was perfect. Maybe she matched all the criteria. She was the most photogenic, whatever. We get an insight into the story here. The king does not call her for 30 days. Right. That's the key moment. Right. He doesn't call her for 30 days. Yeah. That means he hasn't slept with her for 30 days. He may be celibate for 30 days. He may be sleeping with new people all night. Remember, he's got this whole backlog of virgins he's got to go through. Right. But let's watch what Esther does with this story. Mordecai says, look, if you're quiet, he doesn't say, if you, he doesn't say, if you don't do this job or you don't make this effort, he says, im hachareshtach, if you will be silent or quiet at this time, salvation will come from somewhere else. And I love the idea that Mordecai is saying to her, you need to speak up, woman. You are a woman. And I don't care what this, what this country has done to you. You need to speak. And if you die, Esther says, if I die, I die. But I'm going to die speaking. I'm not going to die silent. Hatches a plan for her voice. You can't just go to the king and say, I need to talk to you. Because up until now, you're only a sex object. That's all you are. She goes to the king and she says, if I die, I die. But I'm going to die speaking. She knocks. He acknowledges her. Something now has happened. She's not in his bed. She's in his court and he's acknowledged her as a human being, maybe, or maybe just as an interloper. We don't know. We're curious what is going on. He says, what do you want? And maybe he's astonished by the fact that he just declared that women are essentially vassals of lust and he has no need for her. And yet she shows up on her own terms. She invites him to the party along with Haman at which she's going to reveal what she really wants. And she doesn't. So what is Esther saying? Esther says in the party, hey, listen, I'd love to tell you what's really important to me. I need something, but I want to I want to do this one more time. And I think what Esther has established is she would not demean herself to his level by using the one little moment of intimacy with her husband, King, to beg for her life. She insisted that it be on the terms of respect for her humanity. So she took a huge risk. Instead of asking for salvation... For her and her people the first night she said i'd like to do this again because Hashverosh, king could have said esther i'm busy haven't spoken to you in 30 days i got other other people I, i'm traveling i'm not interested that could have been the end of it why would she not the first opportunity have gone directly and said save me the answer is why would he save her when all she was to him was just a good bang the story of esther and the power of esther is that she insisted that her humanity be restored as a woman and as an individual. And Ahasuerus had to look her in the eye and say, I'm not just going to save you because I desire you. I'm going to save you because I care about you. So the, the genius of the story of the Megillah is beyond the many layers. There's this absolute revolt against two things. A, the exploitation of women, and B, in return, the exploitation by women who are exploited of their captors. She demanded that her humanity be restored before she was willing to beg for her life by someone
0: who she reviled. All right, so I like that reading a lot. But let me, let me, let's imagine now. I want, I want you to cast your mind forward to the end of the story and beyond. What do you think is the position of women in Persia after this story? And my answer would be unchanged right? You made the point before, I thought it was a telling point, right? That the story is as much, if not more, about women than it is about Jews. But when you look at Esther, she's not arguing on behalf of women. She's arguing on behalf of Jews. She's. I agree with you that it's a, it's a very interesting a notion that she tries to humanize the situation sufficiently that her humanity is respected by him, and then she can ask what she wants to ask on behalf of her people, meaning Jews. But What's left behind, really, what's the nasty residue of this story that is undissipated at the end is that in this kingdom, you have a systematic recruitment, transportation, transfer of humanly of trafficked women. Right. In other words, there's state mechanisms, people who come and take them and people who prepare them for sex and people who deal with them after they've had sex with the king. There's a state institutional mechanism of this denial of women's humanity and nothing that happens with Esther and Mordecai is actually going to allay that. Now, I understand it's not maybe not their job to alleviate the condition of women in the kingdom. But if we're going to argue, I often, you know, there's there's literature that comes out like feminist readings of Esther and so on. It's just worth pointing out that the one success story that you have here of Esther Managing to regain her voice and argue on behalf of of, uh, the Jews leaves untouched, right, the mechanisms, the sort of patriarchal mechanisms that are predatory in terms of women. I I don't know that I completely agree for
1: two reasons. First of all, I don't agree that Esther actually advocated on behalf of the Jewish people. Esther advocated on behalf of her humanity, and that led to the question by Ahasuerus, well, who are you? Oh, I get it. Now that I care about you as a person... I have to preserve your people because that's also part of you. The story of Esther ends with Esther and Mordecai taking power. So I don't know exactly what really went on at the end there. I don't know whether this was revoked or not. The parallel story is obviously the Jews and the revolt and and, and fighting back. But I think that if I were to extract the key lesson from the book of the Megillah is that one woman's voice is very powerful. But one woman's voice in which she's looking for restoration as a human being more than exploiting the exploiter is way
0: more powerful. I agree with you. I'm just asking whether it's too much to put on her. Can you argue for something larger? In other words, can you be a societal leader as opposed to just a Jewish leader? Well, what we know is that Esther took a society that
1: up until that moment, no woman would ever have dared to to do what she did. And she did it not only on her own behalf, but also on behalf of the women of the kingdom and also on behalf of her own people. And she made a huge radical difference. If you want to talk about someone who's a hero, you have to look at if why they acted the way they did in her case, it was entirely altruistic. She could have probably survived, but she could not have survived in an exploitative marriage or relationship. She probably hated her life. We don't know. She was willing to risk everything. Turns out her risking everything for something really important saved a lot of people and her people and her own national people. I just think that we have to be willing to look at the the book of Esther as truly the book of Esther because it's not about Mordecai. It's not about the Jews. It's not about Persia. It's about the power of a woman who wants to regain her voice, who says, I will not be silent. And it's extraordinary. And Esther is truly... The woman of our times, Esther is truly the woman that speaks up and says, it's not enough for you to say, I'm sorry for exploiting me. You have to understand me as a human being. Ahasuerus kind of got there pretty quickly. That's because Esther demanded it over and over, over two nights, not over one night. Unlike Achashverosh, who decided whether he liked you after one night, Esther wanted two nights. It's a very powerful narrative. We're done. I'm sorry for screaming at you for the last half hour, but it was... I learned something. That's okay. I don't mind you screaming. Did you learn anything? I learned that you screamed at me. <laughs> I want to thank everyone who listened. Please send us your feedback at hello at livingjewishly.org. We would absolutely love to hear from you.